What is up, you guys? My name is Bethany. This is House of Affliction Podcast, and today we have such an exciting episode ahead of us. So today, this conversation is between myself and an incredible woman of God named Emmy. So I've known her for, shoot, I don't know, about a month or so, and I actually met her at church here in Conway, Arkansas. So today she's going to be sharing a story about restoration and there's so much within her story so much that she's going to unpack but as you'll see this restoration i believe describes the power that god has to restore our relationship not just with other people but with him so i'm so excited for you guys to get to know her a little bit get to know her story i pray that man that just someone feels encouraged by emmy and above all else knows that they are so loved. All right, this is Emmy. So Emmy, just go ahead, tell us a little bit about yourself, your upbringing, who you are. We wanna hear it all. All right, so I am Emmy, and I am currently at UCA with an undergrad degree working on that. I'm in my senior year. Um, so sort of my story starts kind of when I was born. I mm-hmm. was born into a ministry family. Both my parents were youth pastors in Texas. And then when I was about three and a half, we moved uh, to Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And that's when he took his first role as a senior pastor. And I mean, that was very foundational to my life and it shaped me in so many ways growing up in the church um everyone knows you everyone's Mm -hmm. kind of looking at your family you know you're supposed to live um as an example of what you know christ and god expects a christian family to act like and Mm -hmm. work and so um we were at that church for 14 years so through the majority of my high school And I'm going to refer to that as my home church. So um, during that time, I think I was probably a sophomore in high school. I started realizing I had a major crush for my best friend. It was the most terrifying thing because, well, she was a female. Mm. And, you know, constantly growing up, it's man and wife, man and wife, woman and man. They're... There's no exceptions to this. Anything outside of that is seen as unholy, is sinful. Um, It's something to be avoided and to be delivered from, saved from this kind of, what I've heard it called as this plague of homosexuality, almost like it's some kind of boogeyman. Mm -hmm. And um, so when I realized that I had very strong feelings for my friend Rachel, you know, being in high school and everyone's having boyfriends and girlfriends and all of these kind of just emotions. And I started feeling extremely isolated. I was terrified. I didn't know who I could talk to or trust. You know, being in the church, I didn't feel like I could ask questions because I was the pastor's daughter. Mm. I was supposed to have the answers. I was supposed to be this golden you know just this perfect all-around daughter who would find a good Christian man 
date him through high school, be high school sweethearts, and then, you know, um, go to college together, then get married after college. Like, it felt like my whole life was planned out for me. But then the moment I realized that I had this crush on my best friend, I was off the roadmap that was planned for me. This wasn't supposed to happen. I thought I did something wrong. I thought for some reason God was punishing me. Um, and I didn't want other people to know that I had messed up to the point that I was having feelings for females. And I was so alone and I made mistakes because of that, because I was angry and frustrated. You know, I had problems with my parents, um, problems at school, problems amongst my friends. Um, I fell into other sins because I was so terrified of, you know, possibly being something other than heterosexual. I didn't exactly know. I didn't know if I was bi or lesbian Mm. or if I, you know, if this is what every girl went through that they had, you know, dreams about their best friend or fantasized about being with their best friend. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what was normal. And I just felt so lost and without a compass in my life. Um, And that continued. My senior year of high school, my family moved from my home church to another church in Arkansas. And, you know, senior year progressed. It was kind of nice to be away from my best friend because I thought that would fix me. Mm. (laughs) I thought... You know, maybe a new church, I could just ignore those feelings, but actually those feelings got a whole lot worse because, you know, we would call and we would talk to each other about, you know, me transferring to another school and in a way we grew closer that way. And then I was terrified. I didn't know what was going on. Senior year passed way too quickly. And next thing I know, I'm applying for colleges. I wind back, I wind up going back to my hometown and to the college there. And I started going back to my home church. And that was odd because, you know, my dad wasn't the pastor there anymore. And I thought, college, fresh new start. Maybe I can just keep ignoring these feelings Mm. and, you know, these thoughts of maybe I'm something other than straight. What am I? Should I, you know, because a lot of people in college... They push away faith. They mm-hmm. change their ways. Right. And I, I I didn't know what I was doing. And so I was making up as I was going along. <laughs> and I wound up going back to my home church. And I was like, you know what? If I throw myself into ministry, maybe these feelings will go away. And they didn't. They just kept happening. And I was getting really, really scared. So I opened up to a woman at our church that I thought was, you know, safe, and she was, she was so kind and accepting of me, and she felt so bad, you know, that I was struggling through this all through high school, and um, she told me that she was a safe place, and that I could open up and talk to her about these things, and we could struggle through this together. Hmm. Um, I, turns out that woman actually left the church about a week later, And on her way out, she told the pastor, um, the new pastor at the church, um, that I was having struggles with my sexuality. And um, I don't know what her thoughts were. I haven't talked to her since then. Um, 
my hope is that she did it out of love and that mm. she thought that she was protecting right. me. Right. Um, but it actually blew up because I was outed in the church. Um, I don't know how many people found out, but I definitely know the pastor knew. And I was, you know, working in the children's ministry there. I had always worked in the children's ministry at my home church. You know, the moment I was 12 and was old enough to work in the nursery, (laughs) I was there. Like a lot of those kids, Mm. I had raised. Mm. And um, I was told to step down from working in the children's church that because due to my issues with my sexuality, um, the pastor didn't believe I was fit to serve. And I blew up. Mm. I broke down in tears. I grabbed my purse. I left. To be honest, I haven't stepped (laughs) really back into that church. Mm. Um, Yeah, Yeah. since. I think I've gone back a couple of times either to drop something off or um, I think I actually spoke to that church about um, what it's like to be what it's like to be to like transfer churches Mm -hmm. or whatnot and be called to a different church. Um, I, I don't know when I see that church, I still get scared Yeah, just because of all of those emotions of feeling isolated and then also being told you're not fit to serve because of your sexuality. I, it still makes me tear up today mm-hmm. and cause I was so angry and so much hate came into my life, I completely threw off religion. I, I, I was like, this isn't for me. Mm. Um, how can a people, a group of people who are called to love do this to me? Mm. How is this love telling someone something's not right with you? You can't work. You can't serve in our church. can't work. You can still come, mm. but we're going to love you at a distance. Wow. And, I mean, some of those kids I have known since nursery. I mean, I wiped their butts. (laughs) I blew their snotty nose Mm. in preschool, Mm. you know. And then in children's church, I took them to kids camp, you know. I did, you know, the salvation prayer with them. And, you know, and I gave them heartfelt messages, you know, about, you know, this love that Christians were supposed to give to others. And then all of it I felt like was just tossed out the window and just washed away because I was gay and that hurt me and I felt so alone and I didn't want anything to do with it for about half a year. I just I put it to the side. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, around that time, also when I was outed at the church, I had also came out to my parents. Um, This was just slightly before the pastor found out. I think only like a week before. Mm. So everything kind of happened at once. All at once, wow. But, you know, when I came out to my parents, it really wasn't... There wasn't anything dramatic that Mm. happened. I mean, my mom cried. um, But it was so mediocre that it just made me feel weird Mm. (laughs) because you know you prepare for 
Like, when you're in the LGBTQ community and you prepare to come out, you prepare for the worst and you prepare for the best, but you don't prepare for that mediocre kind Mm. of middle, that kind of uncertainty. So when I came out, I got a lot of, I love you, but I want you to only date men. I love you, but I wish you could be this. Or I love you, but Mm. I wish you could have told us sooner. And I felt like, though my parents probably didn't mean it, that they put their love on condition. Wow. And, like, that I couldn't receive all of their love, you know, if I, you know, fell in love with a woman and I I wanted to, you know, pursue a life with her. I felt like I could never get my parents' love if I ever decided to do that. And, you know, having that a week before being told I couldn't work at the church, I just, everything felt like it was crumbling around me. My relationship with my parents was strained after that. I hated going back um, to their place, you know, on breaks during college. And I just, I was so lost. I got into relationships that I shouldn't have. Um, none of them were based in any kind of faith or with any kind of spiritual direction. It was relationships truly just based on feeling. Right. Um, you know, that just either sexual attraction that was like, oh, they're cute. I'm going (laughs) to date them. (laughs) And that never works out well. Not quite. (laughs) Not quite. (laughs) So, um, it just, you know. I went through the motions my whole freshman year of college, and um, I didn't like going to church. I didn't like talking about faith. Um, But something started to happen. And, you know, there's some people who tell stories about how they were radically saved just, like, the moment they prayed to God, and then, like, their whole life just shifted, almost night to day and you know they drop down on their knees and they give everything up and it's just a great just exhilarating story but mine's so different Mm. because it was a gradual way back home right and a process it was it Mm. was exactly a process um and it took time You know, thank goodness God can be patient with us sometimes um, because it took a lot of, all right, a couple of baby steps. All right, I took a couple steps back there, but then I sprint Mm -hmm. forward a little bit more and a little bit back. But I had to rebuild that faith and being okay with not having the answers. That was something I wish someone told me when I was in high school. You're not supposed to know the answers. This whole world was built and nobody just, no one has all the answers. Mm. Only God does. And like, you have to be okay with it because it's not faith if you have all the answers. Wow. Wow. Shoot, that's good. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wow. I was reminded today, actually, sorry, real quick. Just like that eternity is in our heart. Right, but yeah. God did that knowing that we will not understand, and it's because that is what creates this sense of faith, this sense of trust. Right, is that right, we yeah. have to rely on Him because we will never find the answers. We can seek and seek and seek for that answer, and we're gonna keep falling flat on our face until we can just rely. 
right. on him. And like, you know, we want control so much in our life, just humans in general. We like to have control. We like <laughs> to have the answers. But Christianity is radically different from that. And it mm. challenges us to live a life hands hands off the steering wheel mm. because it's going to take us to places that we had no clue about to take us to heights we had no way of thinking or knowing about and that's just sort of where I'm at currently because through the next couple of months after my freshman year of college I went to my denominations um kind of world general assembly is what it's called and really really cool um my dad was a delegate and so my family we had to go and it's just all these churches from my denomination all across the world um come to it and I received a bible kind of randomly <laughs> I don't exactly know why someone gave me this bible but I got into this conversation with this woman and um she just handed me this bible and I was like oh sweet cool a new bible it's kind of cute and you know then the next day I run into this other lady and I decided to go to um this kind of uh board uh discussion on so in, in our denomination there was a certain part of our handbook that was up for debate Mm. Um, it was actually on the church's stance on homosexual homosexuality. And mm. um, I was curious. My mom was not exactly happy that I was going to this mm. um, because she knew that I was, you know... Still, she, still going through all the yeah. thoughts and figuring it out, right? Right, yeah. Um, and her words, struggling with my sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted to go. I was curious on how the church would address you know, mm. and re-update it because the, like, the article in our handbook was only, like, two sentences long and it basically just stated that homosexuality, it's a sin. Right. And so it was basically it. But it's become such a hot topic discussion currently and a lot of different stances, a lot of different point of views, just some of it fueled with fear and anger. And so I wanted to just see how this would unravel. Well, I sat next to this woman and I don't know what compelled me, probably the Holy Spirit, but I just told her my whole life story. And I told her, you know, what I basically just told you. And, you know, we're both here sitting and I'm sobbing, (laughs) she's sobbing, and she just turns to me and just thanks me for my story and how she's going she was a youth leader and mm. she was going to make sure that the if there is closeted youth in her teen group that she learns to better minister to them wow. and that she can be a source of light and love to them um her name was Amber and just I will never forget her because that was when I took my first steps back into the faith. Mm. I had my new Bible. I was, Amber just spoke so much life into me. I actually have her phone contact still um, (laughs) from three years ago. I haven't texted her in a while, but it's Amber, life speaker, is what I have her down as. And these next couple of months after 
um, the General Assembly, I started writing in this Bible and I actually um, found it and I wanted to share this with you. Um, but I put a tab and I would write my reflection next to the scripture on a sticky note. So this was in 2017 and it is 2 Corinthians 12, um, 8 mm. through 10. So is this while you were, before you had kind of started going back to church and, and revisiting your faith and your values and beliefs or, or do you even remember yeah, so it was kind of at a weird time. Um, so I was back home for the summer, mm-hmm. and and my family, um, you have to go to church if you're home. Yeah. So I was physically going to church. Right. Spiritually, probably not. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of anger and also some mental health issues at the time due to my kind of anxiety and distrustingness of the church. Mm. Um, I was scarred and I needed to heal and I was kind of hurt and I actually remember some of those Sundays I would start heavy breathing Mm. and like I felt like everyone was looking at me and I don't know if it was I just felt so much guilt and shame for you know who I was and you know the pastor's daughter who you know struggles with her sexuality and I Mm. felt like everybody knew after being you know outed there's just that kind of un, that uncertainty and fear. And I would go into like panic attacks and I would have to leave service and go sit in my dad's office because I couldn't handle being in the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, but I would have church by myself in my room when, you know, early mornings. I was working at a kid's camp at that time um, during the summer. And like I had to be at camp by eight in the morning and so I would get up at six and I would just read my bible um so that's actually where Mm. we go into the scripture Mm. which is um like I said second corinthians um 12 8 through 10 three different times I begged the lord to take it away each time he said my grace is all you need my power works best in weakness so now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses So the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses. And in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And in response to this piece of scripture, I wrote, This is your connection. This is your way into a group of people who are lost and outcasted out of the Christian community. This is my exile. Through this thorn in my side, I am humbled to say that I do not know all of God's plans. May I rejoice for having this scary weakness. May God work through me in unfathomable ways. And I remember that morning, it just, it hit me out of nowhere, like a lightning bolt, that this was my calling Mm. to be a hand to a community of people, you know, to the LGBTQ community that have been outcasted, who have been hurt, who have the same troubles I did going back into church of being so scared that people are going to tell them that you are wrong, you are living in sin, Mm. you know, who you are is, you know, is not accepted here. 
that God doesn't accept you, but that's not the truth. Mm. And, you know, God is love and he loves all of us. And telling someone that they are unworthy of God's love or that they don't receive God's love is utterly false. Mm. And all people are loved and cherished by God. And I wanted to be that message that that hope can bring healing through my story and just there are so many people who just struggle Mm. and feel alone and isolated like I did in high school and I don't want that on anyone it was the hardest thing to live through is feeling like I couldn't trust anyone that I couldn't talk to my own parents that I couldn't go to a community, the Christian community that raised me. And I I don't want that for anyone. And so now I have um, kind of become an older sister to a group of teens that are um, in the LGBTQ community and um, who just feel alone. Some of them are closeted, some of them are out. All I am is just an ear and a mm. set of open arms. And, you know, I, I believe that God has a plan for everyone and has a specific path for us. And, you know, I was never delivered from my sexuality at all. Um, you know, I still have thoughts and I don't really know what to classify myself as, you know. Right. Um, I think probably if I wanted to label myself, it'd probably be closer to pansexual, just kind of love for general people and just for their souls and for their personalities. And, you know, the gender of the person comes second. Um, I just have a really big heart for people and I love to hear their stories and, you know, and be around their personalities. It's just so much fun to me. And I think that kind of bled into, you know, how I fall in love with people. And I think that's a gift that God gave me. Um, and so that's kind of what I teach them is that, you know, sometimes people are radically saved from their sexuality. I don't really like saying that because I don't like saying that they're saved. Mm. Um, but you know, they might have a change and yeah, that's a better word, change in their sexuality. Mm. And you know, that's great. And that's a powerful story that doesn't happen for all people. And that's okay. And you're not broken or wrong or God didn't create you to be faulty or unlovable, um, he just has a way of taking us through life that no one else can experience. And, you know, you have stories that are powerful and perspectives that are important. And, you know, you might never feel like someone's ever told you that before, but you are deserving of love and for Mm. a place that you feel heard and accepted. Right, right. And so that's kind of my hope through this story and through my kind of mentor group is that we can just be a group of Christians that love each other and support each other through any kind of walk. And because it's not my place to judge. Mm -hmm. I can't be the voice of God. I don't know his thoughts. I don't know his intentions. You know, there's no way that I can speak for God. And I'm going to mind my own business. And I believe there are many Christians that need to do that too. Because above all, we are supposed to love 
each other. Mm. And, you know, I can't go in and tell you to change. You have to decide to do that. And I learned that through my spiritual walk. It's a slow process. Mm. And I had to be the one to initiate that. If my dad came to me and said, you have to change, what it did was made me run away. Yeah. Like, I didn't want to change. Yeah. And it has to be something that comes from inside. And, you know, though I still am pansexual, I'm still a Christian, too. And that's not opposing forces. They can work together and create a beautiful and unique story that just speaks hope into people's lives and you know through my own suffering um through high school and you know the first part of college for me you know I'm about to graduate as a senior and um I have a great group of friends and I have an amazing relationship with my parents now because I worked on it I prayed about it you know I've come such a long way um I now work for the church. I am one of the female teen leaders there, which is insane. I never thought I'd be working with teenagers. <laughs> teenagers. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. But I, I absolutely love them. I love working with them. I'm also a expressive worship or a dance teacher um, at our church, and I create dance pieces. Dance was one of the ways I got through a lot of my just doubts and fears and anger and frustration God gifted me dance and I wanted to share that with other students Mm. and that you know you can overcome things and God has given us tools like dance like writing he's given us scripture um he's given us podcasts you know (laughs) that can come on (laughs) yeah (laughs) a little bit of representation yeah um Mm. that can you know, help guide us Mm. through this crazy, crazy question-filled life that we don't completely know the meaning of and we question it constantly, but we are told we are here to spread love, to share the story of Jesus, that there's hope, that there's the possibility of redemption. And, you know, it gives light to the darkness. And I just hope that my story can be that. For wow. some people. Wow. Um, so. Yeah, so that's kind of a <laughs> winding story. Wow, wow. I mean, I mean, I just can't help but be so insanely encouraged. And for one, I just feel so blessed to be, to be able to hear, you know, the things that God has brought you through and to hear and see where you're at now. Um, just gives me so much hope of, of where he's going to continue to take you and the places that he's going to to use your story. You know, mm-hmm. I just think it's, gosh, it's so, so awesome. And all I could think about the whole time was God's deep passion and love for the world. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and the world doesn't exclude anyone and it doesn't exclude anything that you're going through or any questions that you have or doubts or insecurities and I think we forget that um, way, way too easily. And so thank you yeah. for sharing your story. Um, it, I just, I know and trust that there's so many people that need to hear it. And even if it's not this large number, even if it's just one person, we, we both know that that one person counts 
in in God's book. You it know? makes a difference. If I just had someone like in high school at some point that just told me, "You are loved and you are accepted, and you are going to go places you couldn't even imagine with in your spiritual life." Mm. It would have given me so much hope. And I probably wouldn't have fallen in some of the pits that I had, you right, know? Right, right. Trying to find that acceptance from other sources. Right. Other than God. Right. And, like, you know, trying to be that likable girl at school saying things I know I shouldn't have, you know? You know, I, I got into alcohol a lot mm-hmm. in freshman year of college. And just because I didn't want to think about stuff. And I just wish I had someone who I knew who went through the same thing as I did. Right. Um, But yeah. Wow. And so kind of just like poses the question of when new and confusing thoughts arise, Mm -hmm. what do, from what you've learned, right? From what you've experienced, what do you think we should do when we, when we have those new thoughts? Yeah, so with any kind of questioning, either it being questioning your faith or questioning, you know, possibly sexuality, is, first of all, to take a deep breath. It's Mm -hmm. natural. It happens. You are not weak. You're not a terrible Christian. Um, Be okay with with this new question and know that God has power in your life. And, you know, go into scripture. You Mm. might not find the answers to your questions. And that's okay. Life is messy and complicated. It's not clear cut. There's, you know, there's not a complete yes or a complete no. I mean, even on some of these scriptures that we build our faith upon, there are still uh, theologians that debate, Mm. you know, what is the scripture saying? Is this completely what it says? I mean, it's a translation based on a translation based on a translation. So, of course, there's going to be human arguments and squabbles around it. But I believe, above all, you are loved. Mm. You are seen and you are heard by our Heavenly Father. And just find comfort in that. And find that peace. Strive for peace. And, you know, be okay in this period of time Where it feels like you are lost or that you're in turmoil because you don't have an answer. And that's just kind of my recommendation that I have found that helps me. I know there's many answers out there and I'm definitely not an expert. But, you know, that's what I believe helps me the most. Right. No, that's that's so good. And I don't know, I kind of just feel led to say, like, for those that that either are walking through questions of faith or you you just don't consider yourself a believer, you're really unsure and and you don't know, seek out a person that you do trust. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, um, an older figure, authoritative, you know, someone that can speak life into you. I think it's, it's so important and it is a tool that we're gifted, you know, as people in our lives. And right. if you don't feel like you have that, for one, I just want to to let you know that that you do, and sometimes it just takes a little bit of stepping out and and seeking those opportunities to have a mentor, to have a coach, a teacher, and also know that 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 doesn't mean that that person's going to be able to give you those answers, you know, because people cannot solve your problems. 
No. Uh, we, we can try, but ultimately we can't. Um, we talked so much about love, which I think is incredible because we, we know that that's our commandment, right? We know that above all else, we're called to love the same way that that God has expressed his love through sending Jesus, you know? Um, and I just feel like love is meeting people where they're at. Mm-hmm. And I think what sticks out to me through hearing your story is is that my heart just breaks through how you were treated during those times. Um, to hear that you entrusted people in the church mm-hmm. and that those people let you down. And and yes, like we're people and we don't meet expectations, but when someone shares something so personal and you just like condemn them mm-hmm. and you push them down that is so not love you know right so not love and I read this book called radical (laughs) and it just talks about like God using his servants and how step one God's plan is that he wants to send his servants and I believe that as members of the church we are designed to be sent into the world right Mm -hmm. which involves doubts confusion struggles trials brokenness that is the world that's what makes up the world right Mm -hmm. but the world is also made up of people real people (laughs) who experience real things so I want to ask kind of both of us because I haven't really thought too much about it like what are practical things that we as the church can start doing to open up discussions of these topics yeah. Oh, man. Mm. That, that is definitely <laughs> a really big question. Uh-huh. You know, like, like we have before, talked about love quite a bit. But love is so radical. Mm-hmm. And because a lot of the problems with... Because the church is now asking itself these big questions. I mean, there are denominations that are being split over issues just on the LGBTQ community. Mm. And how there's just so much anger and frustration in the world currently. And everyone wants to be on one side and, you know, be very polarized. Like, we are good. You are bad. We're going to keep it simple. But it's not simple. Mm -mm. I mean, there are churches falling apart over this. Mm. And I think we need to realize that we are human. We are... We are faulty. We are not the voice of God. We cannot condemn people like you said. We, we cannot right. speak hate or um, frustration towards someone. We have to value that person and see their heart. And I think if everyone strived for peace and talking through that and understanding that God put them on this earth too. Mm-hmm. I feel like that breaks down a lot of walls we put up. And, you know, be open to questions. Mm. Because that can make us stronger by talking about things like this. I mean, I've had, you know, friends challenge me on a lot of my things that I've talked about today. You know, um, this idea of radical love. 
can love go too far? Is there a point where love can be distorted? Mm. And, like, these hard questions. But through talking about it and through struggling with it, you can find beautiful answers. Right. And so I think being open to that struggle and then realizing they're human, I'm human, God put them put them on this earth with me at mm. this same time in history. Wow. And they can teach me so much. And I think if we go into that mindset, we become less hostile right. towards opinions that oppose ours. Mm. I mean, we're coming up on another election year. I mean, it's going to probably be another um, polarizing election where you got those two sides again. But I think just... Being open, having conversations, and oh, we're wrong. Humans are wrong, you know? And some of the things that I say, I realize, oh, that wasn't based in scripture, that wasn't based in fact, and you're just owning it and being like, you know what? What I said two months ago, that was wrong. Mm. I'm going to move on, and I'm going to learn what you said. Because, you know, you you said that out of love. I said mine out of, you know hate or emotion, you know, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Wow. That's so good. And I, I've been reminded of a promise that, um, I'm sure is accounted for so many times in scripture, but specifically I've found it twice and I just want to share it. Um, you know, whether it's for, for myself to hear, for you and me to hear, or for, whoever it is right now that's listening, um, to either be reminded of or to hear for the first time. In Deuteronomy 4, verse 29, But from there you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him, if you search after him with all your heart and with all your soul. And then in Jeremiah 29, 12, Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me. And I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Mm. And it's it's such a cool promise that our God, our Father, our friend, our Creator, He wants us to know that when we surrender the confusion, when we say, God, I don't know what's going on with my emotions, with my feelings, I don't understand this. When we seek after him and just surrender it to him and ask him to guide us within that confusion, it he tells us, like, you will find me. Mm-hmm. You won't, he doesn't say, you will find the answers. You will find the solutions. You will find the fix. You'll find the band-aid. You'll find the this, the that. He mm-hmm. says, you will find me. Right, yeah. He is our treasure, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I really just feel so encouraged to remind us all as people, as children of God, that God wants us to seek him. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't want us to just know that, okay, the answer to this question is whatever. Mm-hmm. No, he wants us to know that he is the only one that will ever understand what we're going through. Right, yeah. Um, I mean, if we had all the answers, it wouldn't be faith. There, There comes a point where you have to jump without knowing if, you know, Mm. If there's going to be something there to catch you. Mm. And it's scary, but it's also exhilarating, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> jumping off of a swing when you were a kid. Mm. Um, 
Because if we were just handed all the answers and little nice tiny packages, that's not radical, earth-shattering faith. Well, and, and then, I mean, there would be no need for God, right? Right, yeah. If, and I believed, I mean, I've gone through that. <laughs> I mean, for 19 years, I, I didn't believe in God at all. I didn't know or trust that he existed. Had no idea who Jesus was or his sacrifice. So I know what it's like to live without faith. And it is not a way to live because ultimately we are human and like you've acknowledged and like we've talked about, we're not going to have the answers to this life. And even a life with God does not Mm -hmm. give you answers, but it gives you access to the one who knows the way to go, who who knows the path, Mm -hmm. you know, And, and that path is not promised without speed bumps, <laughs> without <laughs> distractions, right? Like right. we are promised temptation, but we're also promised that we will never be tempted beyond our ability. Mm-hmm. Um, Amy, I just, <laughs> I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for sharing your story. Um, and I also want to just encourage you to continue to be that light in this community you know Mm -hmm. to be willing to have those discussions that a lot of people within the church just aren't and I also want to thank you because your story has challenged me a lot um theologically spiritually mentally emotionally you know for 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 topics and and different things that we don't necessarily go through it's Mm -hmm. not necessarily things that we think about and because I've never personally known what it's like to to struggle or have different thoughts in terms of sexuality it's not something that I've given a lot of thought towards you know and so I am so grateful for your story I'm so grateful what God has done in your life knowing that it has been hard you know mm-hmm. and and knowing the emotions that are involved in your in your story I'm so grateful because it's been an encouragement to me and my faith and I know that it's going to be an encouragement to other people as well. So I just encourage you to continue to share it and be bold. I know that it's hard. I know that it's tough, but, but I'm proud of you. And I know that I know, I know that God is so insanely proud of you too. Um, and so just to close, I want to pray. All right. Um, all right, God, Lord, we just thank you so much. God, just for who you are. We acknowledge your goodness. God, we acknowledge your grace. That is the only way that we as children of God are saved. We are saved by grace. And we acknowledge that in this moment, in this place. God, I just thank you so much for Emmy, for the daughter that you've created her to be, for her story. Lord, I just thank you for the heart that you've given her and the love that she has for people, for all people. Um, Lord, I just pray that that people like me and, and people within the church and outside the church, I just pray that we can have a heart like Emmy where we can find this love that goes above and beyond any any label, any class, any religion, sexuality, any political class or just anything. God, I just pray that we can learn to love people the way that you so loved the world. And God, I just pray for those people that are listening, for the individuals, for the for the other people that you call by name. I pray 
that if they don't know who you are, Lord, first and foremost, I pray that this can be used as a tool to help guide them towards you. I pray that you're that lamp at their feet, guiding them towards the one and only Savior. And God, I just pray that if there's anyone struggling with their sexuality, that first and foremost, they know that they're loved, that there's a love so great and so deep that covers that covers any decision that they've made or sin that they've fallen into. I pray that those individuals know and trust that they are loved, seen, and heard like Emmy said. I pray that. I declare that over their lives. And I pray that they have support around them for, for their struggles. I pray that we as the church can be those open doors and open arms and and be that mouthpiece of you, Jesus, that can just speak life and truth into them, no matter what they're going through, whether it is this the struggle of sexuality, if that's what we want to call it, or just confusion in general, or if it's just a completely different set of trials. God, I pray that we as the church can continue to break down those walls. And God, I just pray that you be the source of conviction, that we as people would stop condemning those who live a life that's different than ours, and that we can just mind our own business. Um, Just be that reminder today for us, Lord. God, again, we just thank you so much, and we acknowledge who you are, that you're sovereign, and that you are so great, and that your power is almighty. God, we love you so much, and we know that you love us more than far more than we deserve we say all these names we pray these things in jesus name amen amen so emmy after we had recorded you have just brought up that there was a part of your story a part of your testimony that you hadn't mentioned and i wanted to go ahead and and allow you to mention it because i think it it is huge and and that someone does need to hear it so right before Um, the pastor of my home church told me I had to step down from ministry. Um, a, um, experience I had within my home church was I, I came to Sunday. This was probably about a week or two after my my conversation with the woman who became sort of my safe place within the church. Um, I was sitting in service we had a great worship set and the um, music director at that time he was like an uncle to me growing up and he was the same guy there uh, since you know my family was ministering at that church and he never left and he he was like an uncle to me I mean he was fun loving Um, he constantly teased me he was, like I said, an uncle to me, a best friend to my dad. He was over at our place quite a bit growing up and then kind of the handyman of the church. So he was always there when we were there. And he gets really passionate and fired up. And, you know, that was one of the things I admired about him. And, you know, they're in this emotional song and um, the band is just amazing And then he starts this prayer of all of these things that plague our community. He's talking about alcoholism and domestic violence. And he's talking about the plague of debt and the plague of homosexuality. And everything just stopped for me. 
and my hands started shaking because I was just called a plague. Something that needed to be eradicated. Something that had no purpose on this earth but to bring destruction, darkness, and fear, and mourning, and loss. I broke down. Everything stopped in my head and I just cried. And I wanted to leave. I, I grabbed my Bible. I grabbed my purse. I was about to get up. But my friend at the time grabbed my hand and said, you need to stay here. You need to stay. And so I did. I don't remember anything about that service. The whole time in my head, I just kept hearing, you're a plague. You're a plague. You're a plague. How could God put you on this earth if you're just going to bring destruction? I don't remember what the pastor preached that day. Mm. And I just, everything fell apart. And I just heard these just nasty voices in my head. Um, the moment the last prayer was said and amen, I grabbed my stuff and I ran out the door. I didn't see anyone. I didn't talk to anyone. But I heard this voice behind me say, Emmy, 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 wait. And I turn around and there's the pastor. A part of me was really hoping that the pastor would apologize mm. for what right. the man said. You know, it wasn't out of loving language at all. He just called a whole group of people a plague. How is that loving? How is that at all arms wide open kind of gospel, kind of ministry? I, I stopped. And I looked at the pastor, hopefully, I thought she was going to say something to me that just spoke life. Um, but instead, she said, I know what's going on right now. And that's the moment I knew that I had been outed without my consent, without my knowing. Someone told the pastor that I was questioning my sexuality and she told me that she wanted to meet with me for lunch that week and so I said okay and I left <laughs> but when I went to lunch with the pastor um, that was when everything broke and shattered once again because I thought this is it this is she's gonna apologize mm. for what he said and you know she is going to create a plan to help me uh, feel comfortable in the church and that we can work through this together and then she told me I had to step down from working in children's church that I couldn't work in the nursery that I couldn't work in the preschool that I couldn't work in the children's church, teen programs, because of my, what she labeled, a sin, I could not minister. And that I needed to work things out until I was ready to step back in. Or that I was, um, I believe her wording, not completely for sure, because this also passed in 
a terrifying, anxiety-filled, just kind of rage. Um, But I had to be saved and delivered from my sexuality. Um, And that is what really pushed me over the edge were those two events back to back and I didn't take another step into a church Mm. for the next several months and so just like by hearing that you know I just encourage those that are listening man never never allow the words that come out of your mouth to put other people down Even if you don't understand or agree with what they're going through or the choices that they're making, we as human beings do not have the authority to condemn. And if we can just, you know, direct people to the one that we know is meant to either convict or or correct, or or whatever the Lord wants to do, if we can just be that shoulder for them, right? Those ears. We don't need to give them any answers, okay? Like, it's okay to have different opinions and different beliefs, but ultimately, those differences should never, I believe, should never <laughs> allow you to look down upon another person. Um Recently, I was reading in Proverbs 31, and it just talks about, like, when you open your mouth, the teaching of kindness coming out. And, man, I just want to encourage you guys, like, allow kind words to flow from your mouth. Because it is heartbreaking to hear what Emmy had to go through. And, Emmy, I know you don't, like, need the apology. as I know you're not seeking it, but I am sorry that anyone ever made you feel that way but especially for someone with influence you know with within a a ministry position not that that means that they're above anyone else but but it is someone that you looked up to you know Mm -hmm. um to hear that they didn't steward that influence appropriately you know is heartbreaking and it and it is just a reminder that we as people we need to be nice. We need to be kind. We need to be willing to accept people just as they are because that's what Jesus does. He accepts all people for who they are. And I don't know. We just we need to remember that. Well, that is it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. But even more than that, I hope that Emmy's story was one in which not just went through your ears and and up to your brain, but also that went to your heart. If you have any feedback, maybe you're interested in an interview or sharing your story, maybe you just need prayer. You can email at afflictionhousepodcast at gmail.com. You can go ahead and follow at afflictionhouse on Instagram for updates for future conversations. But that is it. Until next time.